Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I want to ask you to join me in the book of Ecclesiastes tonight. And uh, we're going to read just one verse for now, Ecclesiastes 3 and 15. And um, the writing of Solomon, and certainly sometimes in the book of Ecclesiastes, is not always that easy to follow. So I'll just kind of give you a warning right there. And, uh, but I pray that the Lord will touch this word tonight. I really feel, and uh, just the more the Lord began to deal with me this afternoon and wrapping up for this evening, I felt like that... Um, what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart is going to be very similar to what Brother Chris Osborne preached last Wednesday night. And I don't say that with any measure of apology because I just feel when those things happen that the Lord is trying, trying to get a message to the church. And uh, so I, if you weren't here last Wednesday night, uh, you can certainly listen to that or any of the past messages from any of our ministers. I'm thankful for the ministry God has blessed us with here in our church but uh, if you have your Bibles, join me, Ecclesiastes 3, 15. If not, just look on the screen. Solomon says, that which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Amen. Well, I can appreciate you not running the aisles right there and saying, well, hallelujah, glory to God. I agree with that. But uh, that which has been is now, and that which hath already been, and that which is, is, is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. And if the Lord will help me, and if you'll help me tonight, we'll just see what the Lord will do for us this evening in this service. I want to preach from this subject, it's just a season. It's just a season. Amen. God bless you, and you can be seated. My wife and I enjoy sitting on our, our front porch. And uh, through the years, we've enjoyed uh, all manners, uh, manner of seasons, I guess, and times. Uh, through the years, we've enjoyed the morning air and the setting sun. And uh, we sat there and watched the rain gently fall. We sat there and listened to the birds sing in the morning. There's something special about walking outside and especially if it's been a long time since it rained and just to smell that smell the smell of rain uh, refreshing it's a cleansing that you can't quite measure it's it's just something you can't hardly even describe you have to experience that sit there and watch the wind blow the treetops and and uh, we've enjoyed the 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 sunlight of a new day and we've enjoyed the beauty of of, a, of that same sun just bidding farewell, at least for now. But no matter what the circumstances, there's one thing that we're always certain of. 
that it's not always going to be like this. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's those in the spring and sometimes in the fall, there are just those perfect days. I don't know what the perfect temperature is for you. That varies for everybody. But those perfect days, and we say things like, man, if it was just like this every day. And uh, that seems idealistic, and perhaps it is. But there's one thing for sure that no matter what it is, whether it's extremely cold or extremely hot, or maybe it's that perfect day, that perfect moment, we understand one thing is true, that it's not always going to be like this. It's amazing in our climate and in our region, we deal with uh, hurricanes and other parts of the world. Uh, obviously, just a few days ago, Nashville, the Nashville area stricken by horrific tornadoes that has just devastated the lives of tens of thousands of people, taken the lives of several it's amazing to think that, that no matter how strong the wind is blowing, no matter how damaging everything is, we understand that in just a few hours, as a matter of fact, the next day, and sometimes even in just a few hours, the sun can be out and shining. It's not always going to be like that. And uh, it's only a moment and it's, there's only a moment that is called now. And if we're not careful, we can rush by that moment called now. And it so quickly becomes the past. It just slips through our hands and it's over. And, uh, and, and the Bible says in the latter portion of the verse that I read. And it says that God requires that which is past. We'll talk about that again in just a few moments. But in other words, God said, I'm going to repeat what I have done. It's going to happen again. It will happen. It'll happen again. I am the Lord. The Bible says he changes not. In the book of Ecclesiastes, I think at best, is sometimes difficult to read and understand. I'm going to lay some of that at the feet of the fact that the book of Ecclesiastes was written by the wisest man in all the world. And so while I'm trying to read that book, I'm not the wisest man in all the world. <laughs> and so I can see the gap that is between uh, he and I and his thoughts and my thoughts. But the wisest man in the world has written these words. And, and I believe that there are many levels, perhaps, of this verse. And I'm sure tonight we could read this verse with one prism, through one prism, and our thoughts can go one way. Somebody else can read it looking through another prism, and their thoughts can go another way. And so tonight, I'm not thinking that I'm here to explain the totality of these words, but I just want to tell you what I got out of this. Amen. I, I, I think that, that there are some things in Scripture that are always going to be hidden to us, that we're never going to understand the depth and the breadth of everything. And that's why we can go back to the Word of God and go back uh, to the same Scripture many times and just get something completely different. And I'm not talking about a new spin or a new revelation, but it's amazing to me. Uh, to hear somebody preach about something that we've heard preached over and over and over and then the Lord just shines a, the light at a different angle <laughs> and you just see something completely different. Amen. And I hope that tonight is, is somewhat what can happen here. But there's something here that I believe that God is, is wanting to help us with and it's simply this, is that regardless of what we're going through in our life at this moment, it's not always going to be like this. 
Amen. Plus or minus. It's not always going to be like this. There, there are basically three types of people in the world, or at least three types of people that I've come across in the world. And one of those types are people that just live in the moment. Their whole life is just in the, in the here and now. On Friday, they're not even thinking about Monday. You ever met those people? There's some people I've met on Friday, they're not even thinking about Saturday. But, they're, but for sure, they're not, they're not thinking about this week. They just live in the moment. They don't really care about what's coming next, and they don't prepare for what may be coming next. Those people are just stuck in the moment. Now, I think there can be a sliver of good to that, but there can also be some bad. Uh, they don't have an appointment book because they're not planning on keeping an appointment. <laughs> Because they're just living in the moment. They're living in the now, in that, in, that one, uh, in that one vortex of time. They're not worried about tomorrow. And uh, I've met people that just seem to have no worry or no care, and I've often thought what that would be like. Because um, that's not my makeup. And I'm not proud of that either. But they're just living in the moment. They're not really worried about things until those things fall apart. And then they are forced into that. But then there are other people that are not just living in the moment, but they get fixated on the past. And they live their entire lives looking through the rearview mirror. They refuse to change. They're just going to somehow be that immovable rock, that unchanging thing or that unchanging person in an ever-changing world. They refuse to change. They live, and this is something that Brother Osborne mentioned last Wednesday night, but they live in the good old days. They feel like that's where life was at its best, at its zenith. And so they won't allow themselves to change with the seasons of life. But I just want to tell you tonight that I'm glad some things are in our past. I'm glad some things are in the rearview mirror. And uh, there's some things that our parents described to us. But because we didn't live it, we can't. We can't really understand it. We can comprehend it in, intellectually, but we, we weren't there. We weren't there uh, for many, many things. And by the same token, our children were not there for certain ventures and journeys of our life. And if time keeps going on, for sure, that next generation is going to be able to say the same thing because the world around us changes. But to those people that are stuck in the past, that are just fixated on yesterdays, they will not allow themselves to change with the seasons of life, even though everything around them seems to be changing. There are many conveniences today that I just would not want to do without. I, I'm being very honest with you, and I think that I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of things that have improved so much with time, and, and so much progress has been made that we just wouldn't want to go back at all. But there are some people that are certainly stuck in the past. But I've lived long enough, and many of you in this house have lived long enough to learn and to know that nothing stays the same. Nothing. Everything around us changes, and so we are forced to adapt to that. And uh, there are so many varieties of things today. It's unbelievable. I know many times this has been talked about even for myself or others, but when you just go to order something in a drive-through, you're asked just a litany of questions. And, uh, you know, the, the newest, at least that I'm aware of, the newest uh, variety of, of fountain drinks that you can get in a restaurant. Uh, not only is there every drink that you can imagine, I mean, you got to have some level of intelligence just to fill your own cup. <laughs> 
And then just deciding what you want. That's just, that's just part of it because when you decide that, the screen changes and now they want to know how you want it. Is you want it sugar-free? You want it caffeine-free? And then when you choose that, it's still not over because now there's a whole screen full of flavors that you can put in. Who would have ever dreamed we would have lived long enough that you could just have all of that at the tip of your fingers, all of these things and so uh, you you got to have a little bit of, of yourself together just to be able to stay up and adapt with the changing times. But in the midst of all these new things, there are, there are these people that are just so connected to yesterday. And sadly, they're missing out on many things because they just refuse to change. They refuse to be adaptable. Just a few days ago, uh, Justin and Sarah... Uh, we're at their uh, at Sarah's Christmas banquet for their job, and so they sent us a couple of pictures. And uh, and while when they sent the pictures, while those pictures were loading on my phone, I just happened to notice because I wasn't around Wi-Fi, so I was just depending on uh, just the cell signal. I happened to notice that each of those two pictures, within just a fraction where each of those two pictures, the size of those two pictures were five megabyte. And I know this won't relate to everybody, but they were five megabyte in size. And so as I watched the dial as that slowly tried to load those pictures, um, I began to think about five, five megabyte, just one picture being five megabyte. And so here's where this statement would have relevance to me at least. Because the very first computer that we bought here for the church Many, many eons ago, we got it at Radio Shack. That ought to tell you something. And uh, made by Tandy, that ought to tell you something else. But the very first computer that we bought here for the church, put in the front office, had an 85 megabyte hard drive. And so I remember not only the man who owned the, the, the store, but the man who was working there as a salesman. Uh, he said, sir, what I'm trying to tell you is that you won't live long enough to fill this hard drive up. <laughs> and, and they weren't the only people that were saying that because uh, even people who were you know, a part of our church that knew a little bit about that computer world wanted to come by. I'm being very serious. I'm not embellishing this for the sake of a sermon. I'm, they wanted to come by the office, see the computer because an, a standard computer back then came with probably a 30 or 40 megabyte hard drive. And this was an 80. We were on the cusp with the cutting edge. And, and more than one person said, there's no way. You, you just can't fill that size of a computer up. And so I was told that over and over and over. However, by today's standards, if those two pictures each were almost five megabyte, that whole computer would not hold 17 pictures. <laughs> and some sitting here tonight have thousands of pictures on your phone changing times time has clearly marched on there's people here tonight that remember the public telephone booth and uh, you know the ones that had the real thick book hanging on a cable <laughs> you, you pulled it open hoping that the rain hadn't got to it too bad they're all gone. It's a thing of the past. Superman has nowhere to change. I mean, it's all, it's all a thing of the past. It's, it's fixed in yesterday, gone. 
Amen. And so people that are so connected to the past are, are spinning in their head because their world around them, they're trying to keep it the same, but it's just not going to be the same. But then there's another group of people, and those are the people that are allowing both the past and the present to point them to the future. We're going to use a little bit of both, and we're going to allow that to serve as the compass that would lead us into our tomorrows because we understand this, that no matter where we are in life, it's just a season. We will only be here for a brief time. I don't mean this in just a negative connotation. I know there can be a negative aspect to that, but wherever we are in our life, there is a positive side to that as well, that we're only here for a season. You see, the problem with the future is that no one knows what's there but God himself. And so we have to place our trust and our confidence in him when we're talking about our future. When we're looking at our past, we can be reflective in that and we can talk about that with a sense of knowledge. When we're talking about our present, we can even talk about that with a sense of knowledge and understanding. But when we're talking about tomorrow, when we're talking about just a few minutes from now, that all gets shoved into the category of faith because God is the only one who has any control or any say-so about what's in front of us. But I am happy tonight to know that God has it. No matter what is in front of us, no matter what our tomorrows hold, God already knows. He's already there. He already knows what's going to happen. I preached about this Sunday morning, but, but here is Saul of Tarsus stricken blind on a road to Damascus. And he is lost trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do and where do I go from here? But the Lord didn't just strike him down and leave him in a vacuum, but he said, I've already prepared someone. I've already talked to a man. I've already talked to Ananias. And Ananias, God is working on both ends. We can find that over and over in scripture in the house of Cornelius while he was doing what should have been done. God was working on both sides of that equation. And I just want to tonight underline it again and again if I am sorry of anything, it will be that I don't say it often enough. And that is that where we are right now is just a season. It is only a season. So whatever we're going through is just for a moment. It won't last. To be sure, there, there is and quite clearly a past and there is a present and there is a future for all of our lives. Therefore, it's not wise to live in just the moment, nor is it wise to get stuck in the past nor is it wise to dread or have fear about the future. And so I say, Lord, I understand that wherever I am now, you have it in your hands and you know all about it. And wherever my tomorrows lead me, you already have gone before me. You're not gonna rush up ahead of me. He said, I will hold your hand, Isaiah 45. I'll hold your right hand. I'll make crooked places straight. I'll tear down gates of brass. I'll tear down gates of iron. God already knows where we are. I don't want to, again, uh, to echo words of last Wednesday night, even pretend to make this a pep rally. That would be shallow and insulting to the spiritual intelligence of this audience tonight. I just feel in the Holy Ghost tonight to tell you that wherever we are, individually, as a family, or as a church, it is just a season. So wherever you're standing, if it's pain or difficulty, whatever it may be, the good news is that tomorrow is coming. And it doesn't do this all the time. Elijah, 
made a mistake in, in his life and in scripture. And the mistake that Elijah made was the fact that he got hung up in a moment. He got hung up in a day. He got hung up in a statement. Now, I don't want to underscore this or try to minimize this at all, but Jezebel was a very wicked king and had a lot of influence in Israel. And so Elijah was not a man that was just, uh, that, was, uh, that, that was spineless. He was not a man that lacked courage, but he was a man that understood the, the validity and the weight of the threat of Jezebel. This was no small matter. She put a price on Elijah's head and this was not something he dream, dreamed up. This was not something he just kind of caught wind of through the rumor mill. This was a real life situation. It was something to be concerned about. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 19 and 3, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. And by himself, but by himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. Again, this is not a spineless man. This is not a man who can't think on his feet. And this is certainly not a man. This is not a man that has not been powerfully and mightily used of the Lord. But he was a man just like you and I. A perfect example of how the humanity of a person, our flesh, our own will, can get so stuck in our present circumstances that we almost decide that we're just going to settle for today instead of whatever God may have for us in our future. This must be the end of it all. And I want to remind you again that this man is not a pushover. This man, this man is not a coward by any stretch of the imagination. He was a man mightily used of God. He was a man that had the heart of a lion. His past victories were not a fluke. It was not a one-off situation. He was a leader among leaders, a man among men, mightily anointed of God. His yesterdays found him truly on Mount Carmel against hundreds of prophets of Baal. He stood them down. He didn't just barely win this battle. He mocked them in their defeat and God mightily moved on his, on his prayer and God honored his faith. Amen. His yesterdays found him wearing the crown jewels of victory. Amen. He understood what it was like to win, but today is a new day. It's not always going to be like this. There's another day. It's a, it's a, the sun will set. The clouds will come again. And, and, and the, the, the sun will come again. The clouds sometimes are high, but sometimes the clouds hang low. And they were lower today than they were in his yesterday. Amen. Not so distant past, he was a man of great victory, the talk of the town. But now he found himself in the darkness of depression and pain. And, and it was real. It was real. This snapshot reveals the power of what a momentary look around us can do to our heart. It doesn't take long to just look around, see the situation and assess that and assume this is how it's always going to be. And if we would have been able to get word to Elijah, we could have helped him through that moment by just telling him it's not always going to be like this. You're not always going to feel this way. You're not always going to feel defeated.
When Elijah who had stood so tall and Elijah who had stood so brave was now asking the Lord if he could die. He had no idea that the Lord was going to swing down and lift him up in a fiery chariot and take him to heaven. He had no idea what was just around another turn or twist in his life. But in that moment, captivated in that moment, and you know why we're not being cynical about this tonight? You know why there's no cynicism coming from the pulpit to the pew or from the pew back to the pulpit? It's because we've all been there. And we understand that no matter how high we are in a moment, we can look around us and we can take one snapshot of the present, of that very moment, and our lives can go spinning out of control. Amen. Amen. He said, Lord, it's better for me to die. It's a good thing the Lord didn't answer that prayer because the Lord was trying to tell him this is a bad spot. This is a tough position to be in, but it's not always going to be like this. Amen. I'm glad God brought us through some things, aren't you? Amen. I'm glad that I'm glad that the Lord helped me to keep my head on straight enough that I got through the storm. My my wife and I just a a few weeks ago asked the church to pray with us about something that we had been dealing with for almost six years. It was a very serious issue that had seemingly moved in our life to stay. It's certainly how it felt at times. Now we had asked for prayer about this in many ways, sometimes publicly or privately, and sometimes in un, just a, spe, a special unspoken request. We prayed about it countless times. It was on my daily prayer list. And then there was a Sunday morning. That Sister Betty Michael had a guest with her, and he came down for prayer. Some of you may remember this. And ironically... Well, I shouldn't say ironically. There's nothing about irony in the kingdom of God. But he came down for prayer. I stepped off the platform just to lean in and hear his request. And he said, I own a piece of property and I really need to sell this property. And I would like the church to just pray with me about selling this piece of property. So we did. We anointed him with oil and prayed for him. And while I was praying, I felt prompted of the Lord to just turn around to some that were close and ask them to help us pray because we too were in a very similar situation. And we had a piece of property that my, my wife's father had. It had been tied up in probate for years. It was just a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And I felt something when we prayed. I felt something release in my spirit when we prayed. I really, really did. After church, I had more than one person come to me after that service and some came to my wife and said they felt like something happened when we prayed. And um, that was on Sunday. On Tuesday, we received a cash offer on that property. But now, we, we were happy but not trusting. Because, see, we've been here before. And something always went wrong. But by the next Sunday, we had a signed contract. And man, that part sounds wonderful. That will preach. You hear me? We had prayer on a Sunday. So if I just clip this out and said, the Lord prompted me to have the church join with me. And we had prayer and the church prayed and several people felt witness in their spirit. 
And two days later, we had a cash offer. And by the time we gathered back in this same church, you know, I just need a Hammond B3 organ. Just womp, 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 womp in the background. I mean, we could put this in a camp meeting scene. And by the time we got back to the church house the next Sunday, we already had a signed contract. That part sounds marvelous. If I leave out the five years and nine months and 17 days. <laughs> I could go further. That we just wanted out at times. We were, we were in this with no vote of our own. And I'm, I don't want to sound ungrateful. Please don't, don't take it that way. But I can even remember one of my brother-in-laws calling me about halfway or three-fourths of the way through this. He said, do you think there's just a non-profit? Or we could just donate this thing to it? We just want out. We just want out. It was like we were, had an anchor tied around our ankle and we just couldn't get out from under this. Amen. We just want it out. And to be honest with you, even, even, even when it closed, it was just hard to believe. We had been living with this thing so long. Amen. We just want it out. But I was so thankful that nobody would take that off our hands. <laughs> and I was so thankful that my brother-in-law didn't win that battle and we didn't just try to give it away. God was, and, I, and the Lord has never explained himself. He doesn't owe me an explanation at all. I have no idea what all that was about. I mean, he's God. But let me tell you something. In the, in the midst of all this five years and nine months, do you know how many friends we had that listed their property and in hours sold it? Oh, how we wanted to rejoice. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Offered us more than we got in a bidding war. Oh, we heard those stories over and over. And, and we did weep, uh, rejoice with those that rejoiced. We just wanted somebody to weep with us while we were weeping. But over and over and over, things were going on. The market's hotter than it's ever been. You know, you've been around the last few years. And here we are. What in the world is going on? But it's not always going to be like this. It's not going to last forever. Elijah wanted the Lord to let him die, but, but God had greater plans. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, you don't know anything about the chariot that I'm prepared for you. You don't know anything about, about this great, you know anything about that later on you're going to be seen on a mount. You know any, nothing about this right now. You're under a juniper tree right now. You're running for your life right now. You're just on a wanted poster somewhere. But I've got plans for you. I've got plans for you. Amen. We live a life where there's always going to be something to worry about. But I, I can also tell you that we live also in a world and in a life where there's always something to rejoice about. Because no matter how dark it is, God has always blessed us and done something marvelous. He's working on one side. Yes, one floor of the hospital is going to announce the departure of one soul. But, 
But if we just focus on that floor, that room, that moment, we will forget and not understand and, and fail to realize that there's another floor and there's another room and there's another speaker. There's another announcement that is announcing the, the life of a brand new baby boy or girl that's born into this world. Amen. Yes, somewhere right now there are families that are in trouble and, and there are stresses and strains, but it's not that way all the time. Yes, there are sick people in the hospital and some are in desperate and horrible trouble, but it's not like that all the time. Most of, most of our lives, you know, when we are sick, you know how we are when we're sick. We're very sick. Sick unto death. <laughs> Amen. And we think, you know, just a few days into that, we forget what it's like to be well, but we're not always sick. Our well days far outweigh the, the sick days, but our problem is, is that when we're sick, we forget about all the days that we weren't sick and all the days that things were going. Amen. And so if you're dealing with something like this this evening, I'm not standing here to try to diminish the gravity of what you are facing or have faced in your life, but I am standing here to tell you that regardless of that, we serve a God that says it's not always going to be like this. Amen. There is a cycle. It is a cycle of life that is not going to change. Amen. There is life on the other side of the mountain, even if it's a different life. Amen. But there's going to be life found on the other side of the mountain. And we do face stressful moments in our lives, but we also face stressful seasons of our lives. And some things are not always over in an instant. Amen. Everything doesn't pan out overnight. It's not going to be well next week. Amen. Our scripture text, the wisest man who ever lived is telling us what is happening to us has happened to those who have gone before us. That's what Solomon is saying. We feel lost. We feel alone. We feel isolated. But what Solomon is trying to say is that you're not alone. That somebody has already experienced what you're experiencing. They've already walked exactly where you're walking. Solomon is trying his best to underline some powerful principles. Simply put, that life is a dimension that is not just filled with me. And life is a dimension that is not just filled with my situation. Solomon is saying that we're all in this same life. And we all share the same difficulties or as some would say, we are all in the same boat. Amen. We don't all climb the same mountains and we don't all run the same race. But the writer did say, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so whatever it is that God would have us in our path to, to experience, he knows this. And we know this, that he's going to give us strength sufficient for the day. He will give us strength sufficient for the race and brighter days are on their way. And our great comforter and the Lord made sure that, that both are true. The sun doesn't always shine. He made sure both of these things are true. The, the, the sun doesn't always shine. But the darkness doesn't always last either. When the storms are bending the trees and the rain and the thunder and the lightning filling the skies. We remember one thing. It's not always going to be like this. Not always going to be. You know I think about... I mentioned hurricanes a moment ago or storms and I think about decades past, generations before us that had no real way, uh, the technology that we have today, 
many of us, even with the most recent hurricane, were just tracking that. We were watching, not just watching it come, but we were watching it while it was here. And there was great hope and consolation when we began to see that it is moving away. And we can understand it's pouring rain. And, and the trees are breaking and, and the power is out. But, but we can see the storm. We've got our eye on the storm. But we know that it's tracking ever more away from us over and over and over and over. And how nice that would be if we had some way that we could just tune into the Spirit of God. And just look at the storm that's in our life perhaps even right now. But I will tell you that even though we can't do that, if we were able to, that's exactly what we would see. We would see that thing tracking. It's not always going to be here. It may be large enough to just overcome our state or even several states at the time, but it's on its way somewhere else at this very moment in time. Amen. And so I'd like to draw your attention tonight to the verse that preceded the one that we use as our scripture text this evening. I read verse 15, but I want to read verse 14. I'll read this in closing. Our musicians can just stay if you will. But Ecclesiastes 3 and 14, Solomon said this, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. So while the world is a place of change, and, and while the world is filled with seasons that do endure and while the world has with it and in it a certain hardness and there is many times we're put to the test to be able to withstand and stand against its continued struggles there is coming a day when all of that will end amen one day God is going to do a forever thing and nothing's going to be wrong with it. Nothing's going to be wrong about it. There's not anything that's going to be missing from it. Because God's going to do it for everything. No sorrow. We can't even imagine that. No tears. No heartache. No death. No pain. We can't even wrap our minds around that. Because our lives have been filled with all of those things from the very first moment. And in the seasons of all the good, there have been seasons of bad. In the seasons of all the winning, there have been seasons of losing. In those, all of those struggles mixed together, we understand that it taints sometimes our viewpoint. But there is coming a day when we will experience no of those things. And when I say this, I want you to really, really, really hear me. That when we get there... Nothing that we have encountered here will give us an ounce of regret. We won't be sorry for one thing we encountered to make it there. Because we're headed to a completely different place. We're going to get there and forget all the struggle. And there we'll forget all the trial. The Bible says there'll be no more tears. He's going to wipe the tears from their eyes. There'll be no more tears. We can't even imagine that. But we understand here, it's not going to be like this. This is just a season. And so no matter where we have found ourselves at times, whether, and I mentioned this earlier, whether that is us individually or our family or even as a church, can I tell you something? Amen. It's just a season. It's just a season. It's hard for me to imagine, but in, in just another month, 
if the Lord permits, the Lord will have allowed us to serve here as the pastor of this church for 35 years. That doesn't even seem possible. And we've been through a lot together as a church. There have been seasons. I don't say this for any reason other than fact. There, there have been seasons of that 35 years I could do nothing wrong. And there have been seasons I could do nothing right. And it's just how it is. And there have been seasons where we've been winning and seasons where we've been losing. But I've lived long enough to know that wherever we are, it's just a season. It's just a season. I'm going to keep my shoulder to the plow. I'm going to keep my heart in the book. And I'm going to trust him. Amen. We have shared pains together. We have shared sorrows together. We have rejoiced together. Amen. I've stood in funeral homes, but I've also stood in maternity wards. That's the truth. Amen. And, and, and we've, we've just watched the Lord. And so wherever we find ourselves, it's just a season that what we should do when someone is struggling, not in a cavalier, in a pompous way, but with a sureness of the Word and the Spirit of God, we ought to be able to share with one another, this is just a season. This is just a season. It's not going to be like this all the time. And so whatever we are facing in life, it too will soon come to pass. Almost hard to imagine. Long, long journeys. We've all perhaps made long journeys that we didn't think we were ever going to get either where we were going or get back home. But if you just keep driving, you'll get there. It will all be... It will all be folded into another chapter of our life. It's a season. I remember years ago, if you'll stand with me, I remember years ago at Because of the Times, Brother Arnold preached a message. I think I have the, the title at least close. That, um, that while seasons are certain, they're not final. There's going to be a winter, spring, summer, fall. They're certain but they're not final. That's just where we are there. And so tonight in the Holy Ghost, I tell you that it's just a season. It will be just a season, a moment of time. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of God and the hope of his word? Lord, I love you tonight, and I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the penmanship of Solomon, for speaking the word to our heart today. And Oh God, for allowing us to not only share the word, but to receive that word and let the power of the Holy Ghost impart, be imparted into us and be our strength. And, and I pray, God, that you'll establish our steps before you. God, that our ways before you would always be pleasing in your sight. And I pray tonight that you'll touch us individually and that you'll touch us as individual families and that you'll also touch us tonight, God, as a church body and as a church family, that your anointing would rest upon us with an assurance tonight. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 
or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.